0: Good morning, City Church. This is City Church Together for Tuesday, February the 16th. Glad to have you with us this morning. My name is Trevor, and today, uh, this past Sunday, we announced at City Church um, three new um, candidates for um, being an elder or a pastor at City Church. And like I promised you on Sunday, um, I want to go through um, some of the scripture that tells us what an elder um, of a church should be, the kind of character, the kind of person they should be, um, and so that you can use those scriptures to think through and evaluate um, these men. Um, additionally, uh, we will have some subsequent podcasts that will um, highlight each one of these men, so you can hear about their walk with the Lord, their testimonies, um and maybe if you haven't had the opportunity to meet him, this can be a sort of first introduction to our three candidates um, who are um Bill Gardner, Elisha Lawrence, and Dylan Phillips. Um so in case you did not um in case you did not were not here with us or did not hear the sermon from Sunday, um then uh those are the folks. Um so you'll hear from them um in some upcoming podcast. Um now, let's get to the Scripture and find out um, what it is, what are the qualifications for an elder. So we're going to be in three different passages. There are more than these three, but these are, I would say, the three primary New Testament passages that, that speak directly to um, what qualifies a person to be an elder. Um, also, uh, overseer is, uh, is the same word. Okay, this is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 3. This saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to be an overseer, he desires a noble work. An overseer, therefore, must be above reproach, the husband of one wife, self-controlled, sensible, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not greedy. He must manage his own household competently and have his children under control with all dignity. If anyone does not know how to manage his household, how will he take care of God's church? He must not be a new convert, or he might become conceited and incur the same condemnation as the devil. Furthermore, he must have a good reputation among outsiders so that he does not fall into disgrace and the devil's trap. And now in Titus chapter 1, verse 5. The reason I left you in Crete was to set right what was left undone as I directed you, to appoint elders in every town. An elder must be blameless, the husband of one wife, with faithful children who are not accused of wildness or rebellion. As an overseer of God's household, he must be blameless, not arrogant, not hot-tempered, not an excessive drinker, not a bully, not greedy for money, but hospitable, loving what is good, sensible, righteous, Holy, self-controlled, holding to the faithful message as taught so that he will be able both to encourage with sound teaching and to refute those who contradict it. And now finally, in 1 Peter chapter 5, 1 Peter chapter 5, Peter writes, I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness to the sufferings of Christ, as well as one who shares in the glory about to be revealed. Shepherd God's flock among you, not overseen out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory, in the same way you who are younger be subject to the elders. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because god resists the proud but gives grace to the humble humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of god so that he may exalt you at the proper time and that is the word of the lord from first timothy from titus and from first peter um I now want to walk through some of these qualifications. I may not hit all of them so that you get a picture. Um, one is I would love for you to read those passages for yourself as you as you think about um, affirming these elders as we 've asked you to do or or raising questions or bringing something up about their character that may not match up with this. Um, so I would love for you to read these for yourself i 'm not going to cover everything, but I do want to talk through. Um, some of the bigger ideas that are here. Um, something that we see in, um, in all three of these passages, in 1 Timothy, in Titus, and in uh, 1 Peter, is that an elder should be someone who is able to teach. Okay, now that doesn't necessarily mean in the way that we might think it. Um, you, you think of, uh, you know, if, when we think able to teach, we think able to hold attention, Um, because we, uh, in America, we are sort of set up under this idea that, um, good teachers are, um, or people who are able to teach are, are, um, sort of the more celebrity you are, you know, the more attractive you are. Can you, uh, can you make me laugh? You know, that kind of thing. That's not, would not have been the case, um, for what, What Paul writes to Timothy, and what Paul writes to Titus, and what Peter writes to um, the church at Crete. when they say able to teach and they they actually distinguish this in what we read what they're talking about is there are people that they need to have sound doctrine they need to understand the bible and they need to be able to d- delineate sound doctrine from unsound doctrine so they need to have some kind of firm foundation in the scripture in which they're able to say to a younger believer or a new believer or an old believer who or an old an older person who is a younger believer they need to be able to say to that person, "No, no, no! You're being led astray here. This is what the text says." And of course, they need to be able to open up the scripture and just help people to make disciples, help people to be a disciple and follow Jesus. So, able to teach is not. Oh, I didn't. Re-, you know, you're not supposed to look at these guys and I don't know. I hadn't really heard them get up. The question is, um, I haven't really heard up. Uh, you know, get up and you know this guy hadn't made me laugh yet, or or man, when this guy talks, I really. Don't find myself listening very well. No, it's not about that. It is about do you know, do these men know the scriptures and are they able to help you work through a passage and help you land on sound doctrine? So that is that is a theme that is common to all three of these passages. Um, Let me walk through some just here in in First Timothy. Um, Self-controlled is a, a, a major one. Um, Sober-minded is another way I think that Peter puts it. Um, self-control and sober-mindedness go hand in hand. Um, this means, I mean, really easy, you're able to control yourself. Um, these passages also talk about uh, um, not having a temper or not being given to anger or hot temper or bullying others. Um, I think in in the context that we live in in America where, where so many Um, There are so many pastors who um, it actually, you know, comes out that they were so prideful and arrogant and bullied people and spiritual abuse that happens. What wisdom we get from the scriptures to say, make sure that your elders do not have this kind of character. I don't care how great their teaching is. They better be able to control themselves, to control their anger, their outrage when it comes up. They need to be so grounded in Jesus that that does not overtake them. Um, as they interact with people and lead people, um, sober-minded means I'm not. Um, uh, means that an elder is not, you know, sort of chasing after the next fad, like every new thing. You're not getting really excited about the about the next new thing. At the same time, you're not panicking when things are bad. Oh no, we're you know you you don't want your elders to be people who panic very easily, and you don't want your elders to be people who um, uh, also are always chasing the next sort of new thing. So Sober-minded, um, grounded. Um, let me address this one. One of them uh, that comes up, uh, especially in Timothy and Titus, is that um, an elder is to be a husband of one wife. Um, now, this certainly applies to um, all three of these men who um, are married and have only been married once in that category. But I want to open it up. Because there's, you know, I don't know who the Lord will bring as elders in our future at City Church. Um, but what the phrase, what this represents is not an elder must be married. Okay. Um, it, in other words, uh, I believe that a single man could be an elder of our church. It also does not mean necessarily that a person cannot be divorced and remarried. Um, necessarily. I don't think that that's tied to this text. Um, the idea here—now, there's some separate discussion about divorce and remarriage that we're not going to tackle today, but, um, uh, but I don't think that, the, that this text says that. I think the idea here, um, the, the Greek here, is actually um, a one-woman man. That's the way that it's phrased. Um, and given that almost the entirety of the things that are listed for an elder um, have to do with his character— I take this as uh as a character description. Are you these men should be one woman men. Okay? These in other words, these men should not be looking at pornography. Now, of course, this is true of all Christians, which honestly, these categories should be true of all Christians. Um but but you know, like uh Peter said, we are to elders are to set an example for the flock. So, um this would be um, you should not be looking at pornography. This should not be an ongoing, um, an ongoing kind of struggle in, in an elder's life. Um, that would, in my mind, that would um, raise some question about a one-woman man. You're not, you're not looking to one woman in marriage. You're looking elsewhere, um, or just being known as a flirt, um, or being known as um, somewhat a, a woman chaser um, like that. Is that that takes you completely off the table for being an elder? Um, At our church and in in God's church. So that's what one uh, husband of one wife. It's not necessarily looking at the guy and going, are you married and are you married to only one wife? Check. You check that. No, it's about his attitude and his heart toward women. Um, Not an excessive drinker. Um, again, it's not that an elder cannot drink alcohol. This has to do with being self-controlled. Like, no, you should not be addicted to it. Um, you should. It should. You should not drink excessively. You certainly should not drink to the point of getting drunk. And an elder of our church should not be known as, "Oh, I know that guy. That's the guy that really loves his alcohol. That's the guy that can really take his drink." It doesn't mean that an elder cannot drink alcohol. It's about his character. Um, Not a bully, but gentle. Gentle means exercising power under control. Um, As any leader has, um, you have a degree of power that's associated with that. And God expects us to use that power to help the weak, help the downtrodden, help the spiritually bereft, um, help those who are far from God. Not to crush them, but to be gentle as Jesus is. He's gentle and lowly in heart. Um, not quarrelsome, uh, not so we're not stirring up fights all the time. That includes with our social media. Um, not greedy. Our elders should not be, none of these guys that you appoint as elders or that you have as elders at City Church should be in it for the money or trying to use ministry to sort of pad our, our bank accounts. Um, a word about this. He must manage his household competently, okay, um, and keep his children under control. Um, here's what this does not mean. This does not mean that a, an elder um, can't have um, children that have behavior issues, if we want to call it that, okay? So, in other words, you're not to look at my children or Jeremy's children or Dustin's children or Anthony's or Joel's or, or uh, any of these other men that are coming in and go, whoa, 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 I've seen how that kid acted. Do you see what that kid did at church? Or, boy, I've heard his, you know, that's not what it's about, um, this, is about, this is not about the actions of the family. It is about the character of the man. Okay. Um, you, there are so many um, factors that go into the things that our children do and the way that our children behave that is not about um, whether a parent did something right or wrong. Um, so God is not, um, hanging up elders, sort of keep your kids in line. In fact, we've seen in the church, a lot of destruction that's been done to pastor's kids because the pastor's kids end up feeling the weight of the pastor. Like I've got to help my dad keep his job, you know, and then you get into teenage angst and you're like, take this, you know, that is not the spirit of what's happening here. Um, Paul says so in his letter to Timothy. I think he says so to Titus as well. Um, He says the point of this is that you are to look at how the man manages his household because the the family is a smaller picture of the church. Now, likewise, you're going to look at our church, and if you looked at our church and you said, wow, man, those are some hellions over at City Church, there could be two ways to interpret that. One way would be the leadership are hellions and are awful and bring no correction into the church. The other, the other way to interpret that is just man, it's hard pastoring people, and we kind of want our church to be filled with people who are at different places in their walk. Likewise, placing that onto the family and what what a, an elder would learn by being a husband and a father, or in this sense, it's a it's a father, is. You you're getting a a training ground in the way that you are caring for your children, even in times of rebellion or acting hard. So what would disqualify an elder is if they were just allowing their children to act rebelliously without seeking out that child's repentance, because then you if someone acts rebelliously in the church, we, want the, we would want the pastor to, or the elders to, and that's part of what our elders do, to go after that person and call them to repentance. So when I look at their home, that's what I want to see them doing in their home. It's not whether or not they have a rebellious child so the church keeps a good reputation. It is that so when I look at that home, that home is a pattern for the way that that person is going to act um, as an elder. Now, this also is not a requirement that they have kids. It's not a requirement that they did have kids or in the future that they have kids. Um, this would be, again, something about character. Um, can, what what does this person's character show about the way that they would parent or the way that they would run a household? Um, he must not be a new convert or he might become conceited and incur the same condemnation as the devil. Um, So this is one of sort of the objective standards that's in here that that is not necessarily about a a character thing, that and able to teach. Um, This is... Make sure they're not a new convert. Um, and you'll hear from all of our all of our folks their testimony. But that the idea here is that you don't want somebody who just came to Christ who hasn't walked through trials as a Christian. Um, and I think you'll find that all three of these gentlemen and all of our elders are well-seasoned in suffering and trials that come at us, that help us cling to the Lord and know his faithfulness in that difficulty um, instead of being prideful and saying, God, I can't believe you did this to me, you know, raising yourself up over over God, um, and saying, I can't believe you did this to me. I deserve better. Um, You will find these men are actually humbled by, um, are actually humbled by the trials that they've been through in God's presence there. Um, In Titus, there's one that I want to point out here, um, and I think it's back in, in, um, uh, I think it's back in 1 Timothy 2. I just read all these, and I immediately forgot. I'm like a man who looks into the mirror and immediately forgets what he read. That's inject, yeah. Um, no, not in that sense. Um, but but Paul also talks about um, essentially what outsiders in the church think. So it is it is good that um, these men need to have a reputation good with outsiders. That's why one of the things that we do is we actually get references from people that are elders. This is part of the elder process that they work with. So we can see, hey, what's their life like um, in their nine to five? um elisha who works here at the church we're gonna rake him over the coals um i i'm gonna ask myself for a reference and then i'm no i'm kidding um but you know you take you take dylan um uh who is in the uh christian hip-hop industry and um when we want to hear what what do people say who have been on tour with him um what's he like um when he's away from home on the bus you know um, uh, uh, with Bill, who works at the um, Tennessee Baptist Children's Home, it's like, what is what you know? What's Bill? What's Bill like when he gets up to you know he's doing a newsletter and he's up against a deadline? Is he is he screaming at people? And re, you know we we care uh, and you should care about what their character is, and so we want to see what people outside of our church and especially our aim is to see what non Christians um, outside of them think, um, and then we'll wrap it up with First Peter five. Um, 1 Peter 5, um, which I am struggling to get to. 1 uh, Peter 5, you hear this um, when Paul is exhorting these elders. I'm sorry, when Peter is exhorting these elders, um, he talks about shepherding and talks about looking to our chief shepherd. And that's what you want to see. Yeah, uh, and then he goes on to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. Um, God resist the crowd, uh, re- resists the proud, But gives grace to the humble and that's something that you want to see in these men if they are going to lead you well They have to be humbled under the mighty hand of god Um, They cannot be full of themselves They have to be under shepherds They have to recognize who the chief shepherd is and be submitted to his will so that they can shepherd you well Our elders here, you know, Jesus said, we operate with a different kind of authority. It is not an authority that stands over and lords over, but is an authority that gets down and washes feet, is an authority that that takes on burdens, is an authority that gets under and pushes up. Um, That's the way you want your elders, your shepherds here to lead Um, and. Peter puts it like this. He says, shepherd God's flock among you to the elders. Shepherd God's flocks among you, not overseen out of compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not out of greed for money, but eagerly, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. These men, um, in our conversations with them up to this point, have been um, have been what I would call the right kind of eager. I'm always hesitant if someone comes to me and says, I want to be an elder. You know, it's like, bro, you're, you're too eager. Like this is, this is a, um, holy calling. This is a sacred office. Um, and it is not for people who want to have authority for the sake of authority, power for the sake of power. Um, who feel good about having people's eyes on them. It's not what this office is for. It is a lowly office to serve. And in that, where I can find, where I can find men who are ready to eager, who are eager about the serving, eager about the foot washing, eager about the pushing forward, And and growing people into Christ. That's the right kind of eager not eager for the position of authority But eager for the service that is involved That's the kind of humility that we want and that's the kind of humility that our elders have seen In bill and in elisha and in dylan, you'll hear from them um, Some more in some following podcasts about their testimony and some of the ways that that um, that god has called them and Set them apart and as you pray about this, please pray for these men Please go through these passages. Um, by the way, acts chapter 20 is actually my favorite passage about elders It's an it's a narrative. So I like it Um, but acts chapter 20 is another good place to go to sort of see the relationship that elders are supposed to have and And um, how they're supposed to give to um, the congregation um, But read over these passages first timothy 3 um, Titus 1 and first Peter five, and pray through these and think about these men um, as you know them and if you say yes, I want to affirm these men, um, please send us an email elders at dot com um, We love to hear the positive stuff too. Um, if you've had interactions or you have some concerns or something you want to bring up that you're not sure about, don't be afraid of that. Send that to us, um, and we will, we'll filter through those. And it can help us in the process that we, that we um, have for these elders. Like, we'll work on those kinds of things in the process. And you may have seen something that we don't. So, um, so please, don't be afraid to email either way, elders at boroughcitychurch.com, to, um, to either affirm or ask a question or, or maybe bring something to our attention. Um, City Church, I am so um, thrilled that God has called these men, or as, as best we see it now, that God has called these men to be elders. I am um, as confident as I can be about their service to you and what the future holds. So uh, please pray for them, as we are certainly praying for you all. Um, so City Church, um, let's pray now for these men and for this elder process and for our church. Let's be silent together before the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for your calling into eldership for Bill and for Elisha and for Dylan. Thank you uh, for providing the church what it needs. And as they go through this process, may it be refining for them. May it be refining for um, us as an elder team. May it be refining for our church as we humbly submit to what you want. Father, remind us this is not a popularity contest. Um, Rather, Father, this is about acknowledging um, who has been called to this role. Um, Thank you, Father, for the servants that you have provided to this church. Thank you for our church body, um, what you're doing inside of her and what you're doing outside it, flowing outside of her into the community. We ask you to do more. Bring spirit-filled revival. And, Father, keep us close to you as we invite others in. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, amen. City Church, go and multiply the gospel.